Welcome back, my beautiful people. November 9th, 2020, Dong City, episode number 39. We're creeping up there on the episode list, Vince. Vince Merck and Daddy, Rob Martinez. We still got baseball to talk about, no World Series, but we're still talking shit. So welcome back to Dong City, fellas. Dong City's about to catch you the big 4-0 next episode. That's right, baby. <laughs> How you doing, Henry? I'm good. I can't complain. Everything's good. It's a little, it's dark as hell outside. <laughs> yeah. We're adjusting. We're adjusting. Uh, watching these uh, these awards live as we're on. So there's a lot going on. Can't wait to get to this show because we got a lot of a lot of good stuff to talk about here. We do have a president announced. Well, depends on what side of the aisle you're on. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but we do have a president elect. Uh, so yeah, it's a good show. It's a good show. Things are headed in the right direction. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, a lot going on in the country, a lot going on in baseball. We were kind of back to our roots here, doing a little bit of just news and then also finding some new subjects to cover. So this week we have the top 15 free agents for me making predictions on where they're going to go. I've taken copious notes for that. Um, we do have some updates at the top at the top of the hour here and then also some updates at the bottom of the hour when we are wrapping up. So stay tuned for that as well. Let's get right into it. We just a little bit of a Justin Turner update, and he'll be mentioned later in this show. The Dodgers, last I checked, are up to nine positive COVID tests. So before before you continue, I felt when we started the season before we had baseball, we were starting every episode with the COVID update. Yeah, and then we had no tests for God knows how many consecutive weeks. And then here comes Justin Turner just fucking it all up, man. <laughs> right through the playoffs, we were good. There wasn't, we didn't have to talk about COVID. It really went from like, I think after the Cardinals outbreak, there was like one or two one offs. And then we were pretty much yeah. good the rest of the season. And then Justin Turner comes along and uh, like a wildling that he is, screws everything up. And here we are. So now the Dodgers have an outbreak in the, in the after season. Turner doesn't get punished, of course, because why would you do that? And, uh, and here we are. So. Yeah, it, yeah, it's very foolish, very selfish, and just obtuse. And for MLB baseball to do absolutely nothing about it, it's a joke. It just says that our rules mean nothing. Yeah, Even in the post-COVID season, you got to lay down a hammer there. He won't give a shit. Find him, give the money to charity, suspend him for next season. You got to do something to lay down a hammer. You just basically say, hey, don't worry about it. Go celebrate. That's, so. that's what's weird about Manfred. He lays down the hammer in all the wrong places. Um He'll, he'll make like he'll make he just the two biggest shots he has right getting a handle over COVID because we don't this could affect the 2021 season I mean I wouldn't rule that out at all and then of course with the whole Astros scandal uh, in both con cases considered light as far as punishment goes then you've got the whole Domingo Herman thing uh, which opens up the conversation not that Herman should have been let off easy but it opens up the conversation as to why players are getting full suspensions last year but managers getting prorated one, just the inconsistency in yeah. general. Uh, by the way, this is to represent myself in Dong City. New new hat coming in, not defending the Dodgers right now. Um, it is a Vince Scully hat. So anyway. Just to represent my people who actually voted for statehood. So we'll see where that's going to go. It should be interesting to follow. Uh, so Justin Turner, yeah. To, if we had a boon headed in the offseason, he'd win it easily. Justin Turner will win it. And um, then we get into the next news, one of the reasons that I didn't go with the Yankee hat this week. Yankees, I'm sure this will happen to other teams. I only saw the news on the Yankees. They are changing affiliates. Um, 
single A Staten Island, double A Trenton are no more. So Henry, I know you had mentioned in the comments that you have gone to a Staten Island Yankees game. I remember when they came out, I was excited that they existed. I never ended up going to the stadium, but I grew up with Trenton Thunder. I probably have gone to 70 of their games. There was one summer when I went literally every night with an old lady to Trenton Thunder games. That's like a big part of my childhood. They used to be the Red Sox affiliate, so I'd root for Red Sox prospects before they made the majors. Then they switch over to the Yankees. They start winning. Yeah, I think they have like two titles. They went to the championship like five times. This is a very successful minor league affiliate. Beautiful stadium on the water in in Trenton. It sounds like an oxymoron because it's Trenton, but it was in a very beautiful location. And now they're just, they're no more. This is part of the Astros initiated this to to have the the, uh, minor league affiliates start to get slaughtered. Manfred co-signed it, and here we are. Yankees. Well, they didn't. Affiliates. They didn't just abandon it. They did uh, become affiliates with another team. Yeah. So, good point. The uh, Trenton Thunder are now becoming the Somerset Patriots. And when I say right. becoming, I mean all of the Thunder employees will be laid off and disbanded. But Double A is moving to Somerset, New Jersey, right. which is just about a half hour north of Trenton. So yeah, those the fans official- theoretically can still go to games. It's just. The Trenton heritage is gone. The official word from the Yankees was it was uh, better facilities and a, and a better environment. I don't want to slam them because I'm not a pro on that, but according to what the Trenton Thunder were saying, that you know they was giving they were giving them uh, promises, you know, leading up to the negotiation, and yeah. then just ghosted them. If they did that, that's pretty wrong. That's foul, um, and they should be compensated for such because, like you said, there's a lot of people who's going to lose jobs right now because of that. Um, yeah, that man. town's going to lose a ton of money. Yeah, uh, Trenton, a big manufacturing town. Not a lot of people know that. They already have been – I mean, Trenton's not a great place to begin with. They've already been slammed because of COVID. It's just a really bad spot for that city. Um, if, like you said, the Yankees made promises and reneged on that, that's a bad spot for the Yankees. Just not a good – this isn't a situation where you feel good about anything. Unless it's you not a good look. The Yankees didn't start the season looking good with the layoffs of the employees. This is not a good look. Um, and I only heard about the double-A team being reaffiliated. I haven't heard anything about the single-A teams. Yeah, I'm wondering because I know, I think I think in the – again, I, I only know the Yankees case. I know this is across the league. If you are a fan of another team, you can chime in if you know your team's situation. The Yankees, I think, are going from nine affiliates to six. So Staten Island, I think, is just being eliminated, whereas Trenton's being lo- relocated because there's only one double-A affiliate. So – uh, single A, you've got Charleston, I think is low A, and then Tampa's high A, and Staten Island was another high A, but I think there's a third one too. Overall, there's, they're trying to reduce uh, minor league teams by 25%. So, right. So, they're going so. from 160 teams to 120 teams overall. So, everyone is feeling it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think our West Coast fans a little late. We don't have Dodgers fans to say anything about the Justin Turner thing. We don't have anyone to say anything about the, uh, the affiliate situation. But yeah. I am curious, though, from other teams, whether it's Mets, Cubs, anyone else, what's going on with theirs? We know they're being downsized. Is anyone else affected? I guess that, that's the question. But yeah. trying to not thunder no more. Double uh, A lost a good one. Um, Here's a fun fact. I actually spent some of my high school career on Staten Island. Did you? I did. Mm-hmm. I got to see the Wu-Tang Clan perform in the projects before they got big. That is cool. Uh, that was very special. I shopped at the official Wu store, Wu Wear store. So, I, yeah, Staten Island has a big part of me, and I will say it is a shithole place to be. 
Yeah, I was born there, Princess you know, Bay. You know that I'm Bugs back. Bunny gif with Florida? Yeah. I know, if there was a borough that you needed to cut off of, the, of uh, New York, it would be Staten Island. <laughs> Let's put that in perspective for a second. I completely agree with you. There are a million places I would use that gif for over Florida, which most people go to. I didn't say but, I would use it over Florida. <laughs> <laughs> but Staten Island, so I was born there when I made my trip back to New York City just to be a tourist, which I like never get to do because I have a lot of family and friends still there. I, uh, that was the only borough we didn't cover. We went to Queens, Brooklyn, Bronx, and Manhattan. We did not go to Staten Island because it's really the ferry which takes you out of Staten Island. It's like the only landmark there unless you want to see the biggest landfill in the country. So there you go. I'm going to show you how bad Staten Island is. I had an accident on the Staten Island ferry. I got 20-something stitches, went through the window of the ferry. And when I was young, they took me to a hospital that was nicknamed Barely Breathing. It was called Barely Seaton, but it was nicknamed Barely Breathing. And that's what I remember as I'm going to the hospital. This is where they're taking me to a place, place called Barely Breathing. So that's awesome. I'm, I'm, I want nothing to do with Staten Island. Yeah, Staten Island University Hospital. That's where I was born. Well, six affiliates for the Mets. So that okay. sounds about right. I think six to seven, depending on the franchise, probably the sweet spot. Thanks for that, Joey. We're going to tease some stuff Joey got going on later on, too. <laughs> yeah, this is not the end of Joey. We've got more on, more on him later. Um, Alex Cora back with the Red Sox. It's like a slimy comparison this week. The Red Sox go and hire Peter back, back to their franchise. At least A.J. Hinch like, went to a different one. The Tigers absorbed that bomb. The but worst, we're right back with the Red yeah. Sox after. The worst part of this off. is that we saw the writing on the wall. Yeah. They, they interviewed seven, eight candidates, and everyone knew it was going to be Cora. And I'm like, come on, stop wasting people's time. Stop trying to, you know, reach quotas. And it's bullshit. It's, it's a slap on the wrist, you know, one year and go back. Everything's okay. It's bullshit. It's, it's Manfred. It's, it's baseball on the Manfred. Right. And just the wild, wild west ethic. Um, speaking of Lindor to the Mets, Jake, I was going to say with the Trenton Thunder Yankees, you can make it up to me if you want to take on DJ and uh, Lindor's salary this season. That would be, I, I would feel forgiven that way. Um, other news, Universal DH. So I had actually made this post uh, probably a couple months ago at this point, maybe a month ago, that it was the early rumor was that the universal DH was not going to be adopted for 2021, but it was almost mm-hmm. guaranteed to be adopted after the CBA negotiations after 2021 before 2022. That AKA, has now changed. AKA leverage. Right. That was, it was going to be leverage was going to be tied into the expanded playoff. The owners have superseded that by essentially Manfred saying that we're going to have universal DH regardless of expanded yeah. playoff. Um, and that's where we're at now. So it's very likely now, 2021, you will have the universal DH. And this has a lot of moving parts. And um, it will be covered with some of these free agents, but even non-free agents. A guy like John Carlos Stanton, I would have told you a few weeks ago, absolutely impossible to trade that contract. But now you want to think about it. He has a big year in 2021, and the Yankees maybe feel like, hey, we want to pay Aaron Judge instead of John Carlos Stanton. He's slightly younger, and he's the face of the franchise. Now, all of a sudden, Stanton's got another half a league of potential suitors. He's got a no trade, but if you've got a DH there, there can be mutual interest. He's an example. There's a lot of other players like that in the league who are going to lose their ability to play defense soon and might be an impact hitter. And those are guys now who had just had a market open up for them. J.D. Martinez, another example. Yep. 
Marcelo Suna is, is I think, the yep, person that probably – I think Marcelo Suna gets benefited the most by this decision of any player right now. It, yeah, it's, it's immediate for him, and he's coming off a career year. You can't ask for a better combination than that. He's the one that benefits the most from this. His market just opened up to every team in baseball. Yeah, and whether the fans recognize it or not, I know a lot of NL fans have been supportive of Universal DH as they should be. This really is going to benefit the NL. It's going to benefit you if you're a fan of an NL team. You have more options on your roster uh, to keep players who maybe could help you a few more years with the bat, maybe not so much with, with the glove. You know what will be funny is you'll see, first of all, I had an entire rant dedicated to not having – a DH in 2021 because word was there wasn't like you said there wasn't going to be there was going to be no DH in 2021 and then yesterday the news broke that they will be so kudos to Manfred he finally got that right so I had a whole rant and now it just goes out the window so yeah there you go uh yeah Joey Santa the Dodgers that's been rumored a few years now we'll I'm okay <laughs> with that you never know um and Leon brings up Don- Josh Donaldson another great example Uh, And I agree with Leon, too. I thought he was signed an extra year too long, but that now becomes moot. You know uh, what I'm going to get a kick out of are those, you know, uh, know, fair-weather fans of baseball who will look at ERA and say this player had an increase because what's going to happen is those pitchers in the NL, those ERAs are going to do this Mm because now they're facing offensive guys. As this, you know, gets adopted, the next – you know, from next season to the next four or five years, you're going to see the ERA and the NL, you know, go up drastically. And people look at those and say, oh, those guys suck, this, this, and that. No, now you know what it is to basically face a, a feared hitter on that nine hole. You know, it, it's not a bum now. It's not yeah. a defensive replacement you're facing. It's not the pitcher. Yeah, there's a, a few schools of thought there. Um, at, again, to your point, that opens up market for NL pitchers. I don't think it necessarily plays a big role. I don't think a, a lot of AL teams go by the logic, he's an NL pitcher, I don't know if he can adapt, but I'm sure that does exist to some degree. So in theory, this now gives kind of a better idea around baseball as far as NL pitchers go. The other thing I, I mean, would counter with, though, is NL still has a lot of pitchers' parks. Yeah, because it historically, those lineups. Historically, the pictures that go from the AL to the NL significantly do better. I mean, there's right. no – you can't hide that. The lineup is weaker. Yeah. So, I'm glad, I'm glad they have this rule, and finally we can get, you know, the uh, you know the old man yelling at the cloud crowd, just finally get the DH. And what, what else do they cry about? Pete Rose? They're going to always cry about Pete Rose. <laughs> they cry about the DH. Uh, they're going to always cry about analytics. Yeah, bunting. Bunting, yeah, that's a big This one. is actually killing, too. You're going to have less bunts because no pitchers are hitting, and you're not having pitchers hitting. Absolutely. This might kill a few people. Sacrifices will go down a ton. Yeah, brutal. Um, and then, of course, the other thing is the expanded playoff. I am 99% certain that will be in effect going forward, starting in 2021 again. Um, I don't think there's even going to be I – don't, I don't think the players are really going to push too hard back on that as long as they get – a proper piece of the pie. Um, so we'll monitor that throughout the offseason. But I, I think, honestly, whether you want to admit it or not, the expanded playoffs was a raging success this year. I, I enjoyed it. That w- best of three was m- much needed, in my opinion. Um, I enjoyed it, but I don't, want, the off I don't want it to What's that? I don't want it, I don't want it to stay. I think 16 will, team. 
Yeah, uh, there's probably wiggle room there. I'm just saying that extra round, I think, in some capacity yeah, yeah. is going to stay, no matter how you – if you can squeeze another three games out of the playoffs, even if you make the ALDS, maybe – the uh, DS series, maybe seven. You make that seven. I always said make the wild card game three games. Yeah. Make that a series three – make it a three-game series. My ideal series – my ideal format, we've been over this a little bit, would be a best of three wild card round, a best of seven DS, best of seven CS World Series seven games. That, that, I think, to me is perfect. And it gives yeah, I'm okay you – with that. Yeah, it, it gives you potentially an extra five games, which is plenty, or four games. I'm okay with that. I, I don't like half the league making the playoffs. No, I, I agree with that. It's uh, That's not how baseball is built. You, you don't play 100 and whatever it's going to end up being. Right now it's 162, whether they lower it or not. You don't play that many games only to have the league make the playoffs. There's no point in that. It works much better in an NHL or an NBA where you're only playing half those games. So, welcome, Ricky. We will have some White Sox stuff for you as well. Okay. Um, and to Joey's <laughs> sarcastic point, they will have to rework when the season starts and the season ends. I mean, uh, I don't think he's being so sarcastic. His birthday is on Christmas, so he may be <laughs> onto something. <laughs> Expanding maybe a week. I am curious if the World Baseball Classic's impacted by this. Don't fuck with me. I'm serious. I mean, they've already canceled it you know, this past year, which means we're not going to see it for a while. Look, don't, don't, don't. Leave my World Baseball Classic alone. It's a huge success. Leave it alone. Might have to shorten the It's season. bad enough I have to see Korea play for me. So my, Again, perfect world, 150 regular season games, expanded playoff, World Baseball Classic every other year. That's uh, my dream. I, I, I said it, World Baseball Classic every other year. We definitely talked about that, that that would be a huge success. Yeah. Make baseball fun again. That's right. So those are all of the updates, uh, news updates. Now we get into the fun stuff. Free agent predictions this is our showcase show. We have taken the top 15 free agents per MLB.com, so no one can argue with me where they came from or what the rankings are. I didn't make them. They came from MLB. What? Why do why are we saying that, Vince? Because <laughs> <laughs> I will get pushed back. Uh, as far as particularly in my mind, two of these names, but again, I didn't pick them. I'm just selecting them. So all I'm gonna say is when I when we got to 14 and 15, and I'm looking at the list, I said, "Get the fuck out of here!" Yeah, yeah. these guys aren't in the top 15. <laughs> top 10, any order you want. I agree. Um, bottom five get a little dicey. If you guys want to add in names as we go along here that you are yes, genuinely please, curious about, you're welcome do. to do it um, because there will be at least a couple names on here that you just straight up won't get and probably should. So yeah, especially since the MLB has 14 and 15 who they have. Yeah, they're on crack. So here we go. Number one is a Rob, our producer just pointed out, by the way, uh, no more award announcements till tomorrow. So we'll tell you who won already as far as the awards. It's also going on right now. Um, Let me just say that they got it right in the AL. I've been telling all those goddamn White Sox fans who the rookie of the year is going to be. If you hear me say this, you already know who it was, baby. They got it right. Told you, Ricky, we'd mention the White Sox again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. So let's get into it here. We're going to start number one free agent of this offseason per MLB.com, and I, I don't think anyone would really argue, is JT Real, Real Muto, currently with the Phillies. Henry, where do you have him going opening day 2021? Mets. 
Okay. Five years, 125. Oh, you've got now, a contract too. Yeah, I, I, have, I put contracts next to mine. I just wanted nice. to see, I wanted to have some fun. Um, I say five years, 125, 25 a year. I mean, for a 30 year old catcher, that's a hell of a contract. Now, this was before the DH announcement. I say that because there may be some AL teams that want Riamuto to come on and be their catcher, but he is a really good hitter. So he can go in the AL and, and be a DH on some days, you know, get some half days off. So that's going to be interesting for him, too. I think that plays a little bit of part, but I'm going to go with my original prediction and say the Mets. Five years, 125. So I didn't add in contracts, not because it's like my favorite thing ever, but two reasons. One, you just named that now with the universal DH, uh, I don't know what that market looks like yet, so I didn't take a stab at it. But the main reason is that this COVID offseason, I think a lot of stuff's going to be skewed. It doesn't necessarily mean a guy like Ray Mudo is going to get screwed, but someone's going to probably get screwed. The suitors and the money may not be there, so we may be way off. But to your point, Henry, in a, in a parallel world, I would say that's a really good estimate. He's going to beat Grand Grandal's 108 oh, or whatever he got. It, yeah. um, people were saying 200 million. I don't see that coming for a catcher. So 125 to 150 probably is about right. Um, and I, maybe I, I, he gets the reason I year now with the universal yeah. DH. The reason I went with contracts is because a it's just fun to put numbers to it and see where they go. Um, some of these numbers are, were affected by COVID and teams. I think you'll see smaller deals, less years overall, less money per AAV. A lot of teams lost money this year. A lot of teams lost money, and I think that's going to play a part into the kind of contracts that they're doling out. This may be a Leon Tompkins-approved Nationals offseason, a lot of deferred money, a lot of extended years uh, where they don't have to pay a lot in in the next few years coming up. Listen to me. All these players, you know, they better they better go into the Hall of Fame they better have a Bobby Bonilla wing and they better just laud this man because Bobby Bonilla really set the trend for, for deferred payments. And honestly, it's, it, that's a perfect deal for both teams when you get deferred money. The time value of money later on, you know, players getting guaranteed money into their retirement years, you know, you have guaranteed money coming into you with interest. It, it's a no-brainer to me. Yeah. Um, and you can nicely circumvent the AAV. Uh, with luxury tax. So that's pretty sweet. Um, I've got Riamuto also to the Mets. So we are unanimous on that. I don't think we're going to have many of those in this, maybe two more, but um, I've got him in the Mets for a few reasons. One, so we know that Steve Cohen just bought the Mets, which richest owner now or second richest, whatever he is. That's great. Um, Mets are going to make a splash this winter. They have the money to spend, which puts them in a precarious position in terms of other teams because they may not. So this could be advantageous for them. Uh, Rio Muto is right up their alley. They need a catcher. He is that, that big name that you're going to want, and it takes someone away from their, from their uh, division rivals in the Phillies. It just, it's a perfect situation for the Mets at Rio Muto, and it comes with the potential that this guy could blow out his knees in two or three years, and then it really becomes a classic Mets signing. So all of the boxes are checked here. You, you I like missed one box. Me. You missed one box. <laughs> What's that? As much as we agree that the rivalry with the Yankees and the Mets is bullshit, you do you do bring the better catch on the opposite side of New York. Yeah. Well, a couple no, years ago, Real Muto, Gary Sanchez, Real Muto, Gary Sanchez, it's not even close now. And so you kind of have that little, you know, little thorn on the side that you can prick the Yankees with. 
But I agree. I, I think Steve Cohen will make several splashes, not just one. Yeah, we made different. But he also, uh, to his credit, he gutted, he gutted the system already. He got rid of everyone. He got rid of Omar Minaya, which surprised me a little bit, but he got rid of everyone. Right. Brody Van Wagen is gone. Everyone yeah. is gone. He cleaned house immediately. Uh, Real Muto, I bet, is going to be their guy. And they may get him for, like, if the 125 to me is a, is a on the bargain side, I don't think it's outrageous, but it's on the low end. They may get him for that because I don't know what the market is in general, and I don't know what the market is for a catcher who's turning 30 in general. Could be a great situation for the Mets, who theoretically can be in a window very soon with the talent that they already have, depending on what they do here. So um, James comments about Stanton. I completely agree with you, James. I'm not saying he will be traded. I'm just saying that he now would have a much bigger market than he did yesterday or before uh, the DH thing came into play. He does have a no trade clause. He's probably only going to want to go to a contender like the Dodgers. Uh, so another it, reason know. real quick, another reason why Real Muto will get paid the rest of the free agent crops for catchers, James McCann, Tyler Flowers, Jason Castro, a 38-year-old Yadier Molina. Yeah, there's, you're talking nothing there. talking three tiers down. So Muto The one guy in that group that I do like and I've always thought was underrated is Jason Castro. Um, I know they have James McCann as a second rated here, but I, I like I'm, – I'm, I've always been high on Jason Castro, so I think he'll go somewhere and, and make a change, but – Free agents catches list is just trash. So and yeah, outside of a Gary Sanchez or a Mike Zunino, who you may want to, who you can take a flyer on, maybe in a trade. You exactly. Really, I mean, this is his market, Real Muto, and no one else's. So he's going to get paid. He's one of those free agents I truly believe gets paid. Um, Agreed. On to number two. This one's interesting because unlike Real Muto. This guy's going to have a market of like almost all of Major League Baseball, I think, and that's Trevor Bauer, personality aside. Trevor Bauer, um, by, by far to me, the top pitcher on the market. A lot of people argue that a different guy who's on this list can compare. I don't think so. I think Bauer, to me, is the only one I would consider an ace when he is pitching his best. Where do you have Bauer? So I play with the idea of Bauer going back to the Reds. Um, I, I think him and Sonny Gray have something really good going on. Um, you know, the analytics crew at Cincinnati, he did well there. But I think he goes to L.A. And all that talk he had about signing one-year deals goes out the window. I got him at four years, 140, 35 a season. To Dodgers? No, to – I'm sorry, the Angels. Angels. Yeah, okay. Uh, interesting. Um, and, uh, yeah, well, Rob points out that Bauer declined the qualifying offer. That was always yes. going to happen. Um, I have him to LA as well, just not the angels. I actually have him to the Dodgers. This okay. is my reasoning why a lot of people right now are kind of hung up on Dodgers payroll. They think that they don't have money, which is not actually true. They are load of money. <laughs> yeah. They're at 191 As far as payroll goes, the lower tier. And remember they just reset the tax. So they don't have to worry about this necessarily. Yep. And they just won the world series. They've got plenty of money. The lower tier is 210 this year. So already, no matter what you've got, and you've got twenty million to spend. They have a few free agents uh, who are going to come off the books. They can move a few guys, but in my mind, the bigger story here is that Clayton Kershaw is a free agent after next year, and David Price the year after that. Those are two contracts that are upwards of twenty-three million a year. Um, that's where Bauer fits in. In my mind, Bauer. Oh, and here's the other thing. Not maybe. You got to give me some money, Vince. For a contract? Yeah, you got to uh, get money. 
So Bauer is interesting because he did. He, I, I agree with you. He's not going to be a one-year guy. I, I think that's a leverage ploy. Um, he's still in his 20s. I think he's 28, maybe turning 29. I would say he's probably good for a six-year deal maybe in this in uh, six years. Probably seems right to me. You got him six? Okay. Yeah. Um, I think his personality and his own choices may – limit the market a little bit, but we're probably talking at least 25 a year. So I've got them probably in that six to, uh, we'll say 170 type range. So it's funny because I, I had the same thought, you know, same train of thought with Bauer. He's a quirky dude. Let's be real. In LA, you can get away with a lot of that shit. Mm -hmm. You can't do that in Chicago. You can't do that in New York. You can't do that in Boston. There's a lot of places you just can't do that. Now, because he's a quirky dude and because he has his antics. I think a four-year deal with an overpay of the AAV, which is why I went with 35 a year for four years, gets him money, keeps him on a team limited. I puts him back, what is he, 30 years old? I think he's turning 29. I don't think he's quite 30. Okay, so, you know, he'll, he'll, he may have another contract in him somewhere, or maybe they extended, you know, after a couple of years, but I, I really think four or five years is the max for him because of, you know, what the baggage that comes with him. Yeah, Rob points out Giants allegedly have a 5-150 type market for him. That's actually a really good floor. Once you start getting teams negotiating in there, that will move up into that 170-180 range um, that I just said. Could go with a lower AAV. I think personally, if you're going to go lower AAV, you're talking at least 35 a year, probably yeah, closer. That's to exactly. I, my number is 35 exactly per year. Yeah, I, I think it wouldn't shock me if you're going to a four-year deal or less, you're talking 40 a year. Um, but, you know, we'll see. It, a lot of it, Bauer may not want a longer contract. There may be some sentiment there. But the other thing about Bauer, we finish up here, is that he's going to want to go to a contender. I think that much is clear. Um, and the other thing is that he is huge, as we know, into analytics, and he's huge into technology. There aren't a ton of teams yet who are on the Dodgers level as far as technology goes with analytics and not just analytics, but like the AI that the Dodgers use and all that, their machinery is second to none, except maybe the Astros and he's not going to the Astros. So that's another reason he is a perfect, perfect fit for that organization. And he went to the Astros and gave me another reason to hate their guts. He will not go. He said that he would entertain the Astros. I don't think he would. I, I, there's legitimate beef there. Um, I, I think so too, but money talks. Yeah. I, well, the Astros aren't going to have the, the Astros, by the way, to me, I don't have them. I'll just say straight up. I don't have them on this list for any of the top 15 free agents because after next year, they're going to have to rebuild. They're not going to be a contender anymore. I'm a hundred percent positive of that. They have a lot of money coming off after I, next year though. I do have them on the list for someone. No, we'll see. Um, but anyway, I've got Bauer to the Dodgers. You have them to the Angels. Um, I don't think the Angels are advanced enough, and they always seem to miss out on the top starting pitcher. So that's the main reason I disqualified them. Let's go to number three, George Springer. Ricky, I hope you're still watching. I have George Springer going to the White Sox. I think that is their guy. He completes their lineup. He completes their outfield. Um and he's right at that age that's kind of perfect for a team who's ready to step into a World Series window. He's got probably like three good years left, and that's all the White Sox are going to want or need, and they have a lot of money that they could be spending on him. So Springer to the White Sox makes sense to me. Uh, by the way, for Bauer, I had the Angels as the second choice. 
And for Springer, I had the Mets. I have the Mets as a runner-up, so I do think the Mets will go after him. I think the White Sox are going to go all in on Springer, though, and, and that's so their guy. It's funny. I I did have the White Sox on Springer, and oddly enough, I had them on a three-year deal. Now, this is where I think Steve Cohen brings his money to the table. I think Steve Cohen overpays for Springer. He gives him five. He gives him four twenty-five. I think he gives him and JT the exact same contract five for 125 it gives them the catcher it gives them the center field that they've desperately needed for years springer to me can definitely fit the definition of a uh covid casualty <laughs> he's he's i think turning 32 and uh corner outfielder his outfield defensive metrics i think are going down a little bit um he could be a guy who gets who's kind of a bargain, but he should have a pretty good market. And I think, Henry, we're in agreement. White Sox and Mets are at the top of that market. So he just turned 31 for the record. Okay, just turned 31, still oh. on the wrong side of 30. Yeah, I'm sticking um, to my guns. I'm saying he's getting he's getting that fifth year from, from the Mets. That fifth year would seem to be the litmus point. Generally for a hitter who is not a top, top-tier guy, 36 seems to be that age. That's like the you're gonna play with that a little bit. Yep. Um, so yeah, five years wouldn't shock me if that's what it took. I think the white. I think I same exact reasoning as you. I just think it's the White Sox instead of the Mets. Um, so again, we're in the same ballpark there. Here's the one that's gonna be interesting for us: DJ Lemayhew. Um, I'll caveat the only this. man in baseball history to win a batting title <laughs> in both leagues. I will caveat this. By saying MLB trade rumors has DJ LeMayhew going to the Blue Jays, which I read that and just about fell off my seat. Do they? I can't see that. Yeah. Uh, to me, DJ, DJ LeMayhew is the hill the Yankees are willing to die on this winter. Um, mm. It would not shock me if the Yankees obviously were not involved that much in free agency. I think their main moves are going to either be through trade or re-signing their own guys. And I think DJ LeMay, who is the top of that own guys category, they need that bat. They need a leadoff hitter. They need a middle infielder with a great glove. And they need a guy who can make contact. DJ fits all three of those perfectly. There's, I can't, they are basically punting on the season if they let him walk and maybe shutting down their own World Series window. That's how dire it is. I just can't see it. You said they need a leadoff hitter. Uh, that's where I, I'll kind of roll my eyes because DJ LeMay, he was no leadoff hitter. No, we use him in the spot, right. but he's not, he's a number three. Um, yeah. I haven't uh, watched should be. I, I agree. He should definitely be in that three or four spot, but for the Yankees, he's their leadoff hitter. And they need I have him going to staying with the Yankees. If there is a free agent that you told me I could bet all my chips on, it would be DJ LeMay who's staying with the Yankees. That would be the one thing that I think is about as certain as anything this offseason. I completely agree. I think and DJ, I think DJ staying with the Yankees is just is right up there with the need the Yankees may feel to, to extend Judge. Like he's now, that important to the franchise. Here's the thing the Yankees absolutely got a bargain on DJ for the first two years. They're going to have to pay. With that said, they will have to pay for that bargain. And I think. DJ has played himself into a three, maybe even a four-year deal, and four-year deal, excuse me. And I think that looks at like eighty million. Yeah, I think a four eighty is what I've got. Him, I actually did think of the salary because I've been playing with the Yankees payroll all winter. Him, I have at at four years, eighty million. 
Yeah, 40. Now, with that said, like I said, I think that's about a slam dunk as it get. Joey pointed out that he hasn't gone to the Red Sox 5-135. If you told me the Red Sox were ready to compete right now, that may not be a bad idea, but the Red Sox are a couple years away. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed a little bit as far as all the variation here for LeMahieu because, um, you know, looking at the other ones, seems like Bauer, Angels, Dodgers, seems mm-hmm. like Rio, Rio Muto in the, in the NL East to some degree. Uh, Springer, it looks like we had some, a lot of Mets there. Bauer, Dark Horse, Minnesota's thrown out there. DJ, we've got Red Sox, we've got Milwaukee. I think the runner-ups, the Blue Jays, although the Mets and Red Sox certainly have a case for, or I'm sorry, the Red Sox and, uh, yeah, the Red Sox have a case for him along with the Blue Jays. I agree with you, though. A lot of people think that because the Red Sox set the tax back this year that they're going to just spend like drunken sailors next year. I don't think that's true. Um, I think two winters from now, that could definitely be a possibility depending on how next year goes. But that team is six pitchers away (laughs) right now from being a playoff contender. Like that, They are very far off. Um, And they can't rebuild all of that in one winter. And I definitely don't think they're going to blow their load on DJ when they need an entirely new pitching staff almost. Not only that, when it comes to DJ, I think he's probably been that underrated player this entire generation. Right. I could not believe when Colorado let him walk. They gave him no respect. They gave all the money to Arenado, which has been proven wrong already. Thank you, guys. I've been saying that for years. Um, And they just let him walk. The Yankees got him out of bargain. He's going to finish his career with probably right around 2,000 hits, maybe more, you know, um, yeah, I'm a big DJ fan. I like the signing. I scratched my head because at the time there was no real place for him. And, you know, you give that you, – that's another feather and a half for Cashman, man. He he got that deal, and that was a steal of a deal, man. Yeah, and if you want to bring ballparks into it, uh, his bat's actually not great for Fenway. I know he's a righty, and they've got the green yeah. monster, but DJ hits the opposite way. He's he's a perfect fit for a place like Yankee Stadium, yeah. too. Um, and I think – I, I, I did think Philly – for DJ would be nice, um, but I, I, I haven't. Like I said, I think that's yeah, about a slam I just dunk. Can't, I can't see it. I don't get the feeling. I don't know this for sure. I don't get the feeling DJ is the type of guy who's going to just take top dollar either. I think that where he is, where he's comfortable, will factor in. But to your point, he's not coming back for $12 million a year again. He, he's going on his payday. Yeah, it's like he'll posture to get that fourth, maybe fifth year. Um, he's coming back to the Yankees. It's just a matter of whether his agent is going to be like, give me that fourth year. Again, he'll be 36 in a four-year deal. That's, to me, the going rate. So 480, uh, maybe if you need to go up to 490, I can see that too. I'd rather give him more money than more years. Yeah, I I agree. Um, (laughs) You you don't want Cole Stanton and DJ making like – $90 $90 million when they're in their mid to late 30s. That's bad. Uh, anyway, number five on our list, Marcel Ozuna. Interesting case here. Let's start with you on this one. So I have two teams written down for Ozuna. I actually had an NL team in brackets and an AL team in brackets. I don't think I can still decide. Um, I think he goes to either the Nationals or the Blue Jays. Um, and I think his deal is for 80 as well. So we're again, somewhat in the same ballpark here. Uh, Osuna 
like we covered earlier, huge beneficiary of Universal DH. And if it's the not biggest beneficiary, year, in my opinion, yeah. And if it's not happening this year, it's definitely happening the year after. So no team is going to consider his defense as a reason they can't sign him. Now, I talked about Real Muto going to the Mets. In part, it's going to get back. It's going to it's going to make the Phillies weaker. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the Phillies to replace Real Muto are going to be going all in on Ozuna. So. Phillies would have Harper in one corner, Ozuna in the other, until he becomes a DH. And I've got, uh, you know, he replaces Real Mudo's bat in the middle of that order, which is something they're going to need to do. Phillies are right on the cusp. They're not like a rebuilding team or anything, so they're going to need to do something. And I think that the Mets and the Braves are the runners up here. I think it's an NL East battle, just like Real Mudo is. Don't sleep on the Blue Jays on this one. Yeah, I uh, Blue Jays are always kind of in the weeds, right? They've got money to spend. Uh, I just, I, I, I'm not, I'm not in on them yet as the favorites for any of this. And hello to Chris. Thank you for joining. I promise you, Chris, before the end of the show, I will mention the Giants for a reason. So we'll get to that. Um, I'm still waiting. What, what was the promise? It's out for Dong City. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. To return the return our favor. Uh, so we go to number six, and that is this, this guy's a, a polarizing Dong City mention here and that is Marcus Stroman I think out of anyone who's not a Yankee we may have mentioned him the most on the show um I think he is so I said earlier when I was talking about Trevor Bauer how the Angels never seem to get the number one option because they always seem to get that number two or three option Marcus Stroman to me is a very classic Angel signing he's like five foot two uh he's not an ace but he's not bad either he'll put up consistent numbers he's the He's definitely the guy the Angels are like, we need to go all in and sign this guy because he's going to fix our rotation, and he's like a number three starter. Um, That, to me, I think Angels make sense. They lose out on Bauer. They recuperate. They get Stroman. We know they're going to be in on starting pitching this winter. Um, I've got written here, Angels 9, second best starter on the market is – yes, all right, so yeah. And the Braves I've got as the runner-up. Those rumors have been going on for a while with the Braves. They're going to be in on Stroman. But this, again, is classic Braves. Braves yeah. fans are going to tell you, we're going to sign Stroman, we're going to sign Rio Muto. When neither one of them gets signed because the Braves front office, cheap as shit, you'll see Braves fans bad-mouthing both of those guys and saying, well, we got guys on the inside who are better. Uh-huh. Which happens every winter. Which, like I said before, proves that that trade was not a good one. It, yeah, well, and you lost, you lost assets. It. Um, now, so yeah, for me, anyway, for me I have Stroman. Here's another place where I couldn't decide. He has not declined the... Um, qualifying offer yet. So he's one of those guys that I can see accepting the qualifying offer and staying with the Mets and reestablishing his market. With that said, if he does not do that, I have him going to a team that is desperate for pitching, made a ton of noise this year, and that is Atlanta, four years, $70 million. Yeah, uh, Atlanta. Like I said, that's that's my second choice. He's a very he would be a very smart signing for them. Atlanta needs pitching. Atlanta is desperate for pitching. And they need a veteran. They need a reliable veteran. And Stroman, outside of last year, opting out because of COVID, Stroman is is a reliable veteran. Reliable veteran, a number four masking as a number two. Right, and he's a guy who has playoff experience. Braves are in a in a window where they will consistently lose before the World Series. So he's a perfect fit for them. So Melvin brings up he would go Stroman three for 65. The reason I didn't say three for 65 is because you have to pay for age. Stroman is still 29 years old. 
Yeah, he's getting a five-year deal if he's you, if he's getting something. You got to give him at least. I think floor four is the floor. Yeah. So I think I he at least gets four years. So I have him at four years, seventy million dollars. That's seventeen and a half a season. So he may get even more than that, but he hasn't done enough to to say, hey, I need to be in that twenty million dollars per season range. He's kind of like a Rick Porcello was uh, when he was a free agent, not this time, but yeah. the time with the Tigers that I think Porcello got five t- with 20 a year. Yeah. I don't think Stroman in this winter is going to get that. Um, but I do think that that's the range you're kind of talking is that 80 to 120 range somewhere in there, depending on the years. I think five years is probably a, a safe bet. Um, now the qualifying offer, which he's considering is about 19 a year, just under 20. So you have to figure he's he's probably not getting much more than that per year because he's considering this. So to me, if you want to talk about like 18 a year for five years, what's that bring you to, 90? Um, yeah. That's in that 80 to 120 range, so somewhere along those lines. But uh, yeah, Stroman, I don't think he'll accept the qualifying offer. If he does, that's a huge coup for the Mets. Oh, of course. I mean, the Mets win if he does that. But again, I don't, I don't take it out, out of the realm of possibility that he takes the, the qualifying offer. What is it, 18.6? 18, 18 something? So, yeah. Or yeah. So, I mean, one year, 18, one year, 18.6. 19.8. I mean, yeah. one year, 19.8. Reestablish your market and, and, and try to get a 20, you know, 20 year AAV deal in the next year. And you're pitching at City, which DH or not, that's a nice ballpark to rebuild your yeah. value. I'm not ruling out, by the way, he accepts a qualifying offer, which, by the way, for Mets fans, I will go on to Hedge Hill over here. He accepts the qualifying offer. You get him an extra year. That trade makes a little more sense. A little more sense. I still wouldn't have done it because he didn't expect he was going to accept the qualifying offer, but it makes a little more sense. It makes a little more sense, but it's very expensive. It is. And Rob points out that he is leaning. This is what I read too. He is leaning on not accepting the qualifying offer. So ultimately I don't think he does. I like that. A lot of you are bringing up the Padres. I promise you I have a solution. They're pitching. It's just not Stroman. It's not Bauer. So we go to number seven, Marcus Simeon. Interesting case here. Uh, You mentioned earlier with a guy like Bauer that the Reds, you know, you'd consider the Reds re-signing him. And I didn't agree with that, neither did you, because you changed your mind on it. I do think the Reds need to do something to kind of keep the momentum they have, and especially with Gray and Castillo still locked up. So here's what I'm proposing. I think that they're going to go and they're going to sign Marcus Simeon as an upgrade over Freddie Galvis, and they're going to double down on that offense, which scored zero runs in the playoffs this year. So I think that Simeon, typical guy, Reds don't seem to care that much about contact and advanced analytics with their lineup. I think Simeon's a great fit for that lineup, and he's an improvement at shortstop, which is a key position where he replaces a guy in his late 30s. So I've got Simeon to the Reds. Uh, What do you have? I have Simeon going to L.A. L.A. Angels. There you go. Yeah, you and Joey. I have him going to the Angels. I have him going at three years, 45 uh, that's 15 years, 15 million a season. You know, the thing with Simeon is, is we, this, this guy is weird, man. This guy went off. He had a hell of a year in 18. Then he just went absolutely insane in 19. And then he had a meh year last year, which a lot of players had meh years, unless you're out to yeah. and you just suck. But yeah, these guys had, you know, he, so what is he really? 
He's really good on defense, so you get that. Whoever the Angels replace, whoever the Angels put at shortstop, they're going to lose defensively because they're losing Simmons. Right. The guy's the best defender at shortstop I've seen in I don't know how long. Um, but Simmons a hell of a defender. So I think he goes there on a short deal, three years, $45 million, $15 million a year. I'm reading through my list to see if I have any offensive players going to the Angels because so he's absolutely right. They're probably going to sign one of them uh, because it's not a pitcher, but I don't. So uh, I've just got – I think they get it right with Stroman this winter. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Simeon going there wouldn't surprise me. I don't think that's a bad guess. I think your your years are, are again, probably on the low end, but I could see it totally happening. It also wouldn't surprise me if you got like a 448 type deal. Um, he's 30 years old. He'll be 34 at the end of that contract. Short stops, maybe get a little bit of a dink. And to your point, he doesn't have a great track record. He's really got one career year. When factoring in my numbers, I, I took into the account that honestly, the teams have the leverage in free agent signings this year. They do. Yeah. That's why I they have the leverage. I, our concept's the same. I think that they'll go lower AAV given that fourth year. But we'll see. Maybe it's like yeah. a club option type deal too. Um, I don't think Simeon will get more than 60 million. I know Melvin just put 475. That's what I'm responding to. So um, we'll see. I, I'd take the under on 60 million, but we'll see how it goes. Um, I can't see him getting 75. Mm-mm. Didi Victorious, number eight. Nice compliment right after Simeon. Some say that Didi. the Yankees will be in on him, uh, kind of taking back their mistake that I won't admit to. What, uh, what do you have with Didi? Can you repeat that last line? <laughs> I will not admit. I, I still do not think Didi Gregorius makes a difference on this team from from yes, he does. last year. Yes, he does. I, I don't think so. I, yes, I will does. say, though, he is fully recovered from his injury. I mean, he looked like a different player yeah. last year. But Didi, that Didi, Didi makes hitter, a difference. That kind of hitter in the playoffs, not different than Luke Voigt. I was 100% right on Luke Voigt in the playoffs. It's just not a guy I want. Yeah, no, I we both, we kids. both, look, we talk every fucking day. Let's be real. Yeah. I talk to you more than I talk to my family. <laughs> <laughs> Likewise. We talk every day and Luke Voigt, we knew that type of hitter would be exposed in the playoffs by better pitching. And that's exactly what happened. Right. Um, with that said, for Didi, I think Didi stays with Joe Girardi. I think he stays in Philly. Three years, 60 million. This is the only money he's going to get. So I think he, he I think he, Holds off for $20 million a year for three years, and I think the Phillies give it to him. Sound the horn. We've got a, a third agreement here because we had DJ as well. I also have DD staying with the Phillies. Again. That ballpark Philly, is tailor-made for, man. Philly's still in a window. They, yeah. they need to make, be proactive about this. They have all that money, by the way, from Trout that they never got to give him. So it's not – they shouldn't be swimming in, uh, in debt here. DD had a great year with them. Yeah. I'm assuming he likes it. He obviously likes the Northeast. He stayed up there. He likes playing for Girardi. Uh, it's a good fit for him. So it's I a good town for him. It's a good ballpark for him. It's a great manager for him. He's a veteran. And, and Didi's that guy. He's never been paid, man. Let's be real. This right. is going to be his only contract. So give that man his money. Give him his $60 million. 45 to 60. I saw uh, Joey toss 45 out there. Melvin tossed 60. I like that range. Uh, 45 to 60. I think that's fair. Um, that man is my. I love Didi. He will always be a fan favorite of mine. Always, always, always. Yeah, uh, you know, I I like Didi's a really good clubhouse guy. I like him as a person. I think his time with the Yankees was cut off at the right time, um, and I still stick by that. But he should be a nice player for the Phillies. That's a good guy for them to get. 
and they'll pair him with uh, with Marcelo Zuna. And that's a nice job to replace Rio Mudo. So, Didi, Phillies were unanimous there. Here's one that's going to piss me off, and I have so many reasons for this happening. Michael Brantley, who, like DJ LeMahieu two years ago, I said the Yankees absolutely had to sign him for his bat. He's the perfect fit. I stick by that. Lefty makes contact, hits 300, doesn't bow down to good pitching. He would have been a, a huge difference maker the last two postseasons for the Yankees. And sign him. Where do you have Michael Brantley going at 34 years old? I have him going to the Cubs. I have him going to be everything that Jason Hayward was supposed to be at half the money. <laughs> I think he goes to the Cubs. I have him at the Cubs at what I got three years, $42 million. Cubs are good. I, I don't hate that. Uh, here's the deal with Brantley. This is something I heard. Take it for what it's worth. Uh, I don't even remember the source. I just remember I trusted them. I was told before the 2018 offseason, last time he was a free agent because he had a two-year deal with the Astros, that Michael Brantley absolutely is unwilling to play at a big market. And I've heard that before. It turned out to be true, at least in results, because he went to the Astros, which is not considered a big market in terms of media market, even though it's a huge market in terms of size. Uh, played with the Indians his entire career, so he's never played in a big market. Because of that, um, a team like the Cubs to me would be ruled out, as would a team like the Yankees. I have him going to the Braves, which to me is the ultimate non-big market team because it's a playoff contender. They love short deals for old people, and Michael Brantley is a bet that they could use, especially with the universal DH. He'd replace Osuna. Yeah, and he replaces Osuna. So that to me, this is what the Braves do. They're savvy in this way. I, I call them cheap. There's also a little bit of savviness to them. They will replace a guy who they just lost who gets big money elsewhere or replace him with a stop, uh, uh, stop gap who's going to put up numbers on a short deal. Brantley fits that profile. I don't see – Brantley's 34 years old. Even with Universal DH, he's not getting more than a three-year deal. He yeah, be getting another two-year deal. I, I like him in the Cubs. I did, there's something there that just makes a hell of a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I, I don't. Again, I don't. I don't hate the Cubs. The main reason I'm, I don't have them going there is because uh, that's a bigger market than I think Brantley wants to be with. But the other reason is that this is what the Braves do. This is like what they do. Is, Rob, uh, Rob, sent, Rob sent us a message. He has he has Brantley going to the Astros. Back to the Astros. Yeah, I, you can't rule it out. He had a great he had a great time there. I'd imagine two really solid years. I just. Again, I'm more of the belief with the Astros, they're letting that money fall and they're going to have to come back and retool in 2022 because of all the talent they're losing. We'll see. I don't, I, don't, I don't think Brantley at 34 is going to be a wise investment for that franchise because I don't see after this year them having much of a chance in 2022. I just don't. They're losing Grinky. They're losing Verlander. They had the young pitching step up to a degree in the playoffs but that lineup is going to be losing Springer. It's going to be losing Correa after next year if they don't pay him. So I just don't see it. I think they need to worry about where they're spending their money elsewhere, and it might be on guys like Correa, you know, to keep that core intact. So Yeah, and then, and I know Rob also pointed out that uh, Rosenthal said they were working on a deal. I just think without Hinch, there's a lot there. Those players love Hinch, man, and I think he was a big part of what was going on there, not on the cheating side, but, you know, on the baseball side. You know, Hinch is a good manager. So I think he played a big role in, in a lot of those players, you know, gelling together. So 
I don't. I. I mean, I know the reports say he they're working on a deal, but I don't see him going back there. I, I have him in the Cubs. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Brant. I only can see it because again, I think Brantley is a very low maintenance kind of low profile type guy. So maybe that's his easiest path. Uh, I don't know, but I'm gonna say Braves. It's a classic Braves deal. But he's a little bitch staying away from the big markets. Also true. Number ten, Justin Turner. The fact that Justin Turner is number 10 says everything you need to know about this list. Yeah. So Justin Turner just made 20 million with the Dodgers. Um, Justin Turner is a Southern California guy, born and raised as far as I know, just want to ring with the Dodgers. Dodgers don't have as big of a need for him uh, with Lux now up there and Seager and Chris Taylor and Max Muncy, anyone else who who can play the infield to a degree. Uh, I think, though, he is, whether you want to also credit the COVID stuff now, I think he is going to go back to the Dodgers on a discounted deal. I think it's going to be one of those finish your career type deals. He goes back for a year or two and just finishes up there. Um, DH is now open, so that makes things a little easier. That's what I see, maybe like $12 million a year, uh, 10 to $12 million a year. I think he just finishes his career there. Add this in the column that we agree again. Um, I have him going back to the Dodgers. It just makes too much sense. Uh, two years, $30 million. That's, that's a lower price, but still good money. Um, I do say it comes with a caveat. You have to strap him to a table and you have to let Dr. <laughs> Fauci slap the shit out of him. Um, uh, they'd probably be fine with that. I got, I got 224. I'm going to take the low end there. Um, and, and you know what? That would be a good deal for the Dodgers. He's a good fit there in terms of his bet. Um, number 11, Masahiro Tanaka, another interesting case, not a guarantee he comes back to the majors. We should point that out. There are rumors he could return to Japan, finish his career. I don't know who they are. 31 years old. He's always had the ulnar tear, uh, kind of hanging over his head, although it has never actually torn more than the minor tear it is. So he's never needed Tommy John, but he's a free agent for the first time in the States. Since he's been signed, where do you have him going? Nowhere. He stays put. He stays with the Yankees, three years, $50 million. This is my, uh, I'm going to compare lazily, I'm going to compare races type situation. Masahiro Tanaka to me is going to go on the Hiroki Kuroda track with the Yankees. I think he's just going to sign revolving two-year deals. Um, I don't think the money is really a big deal to him, both no. culturally and, and personally. And I think that if he stays in Major League Baseball, I don't think he wants to leave. And it is a perfect Brian Cashman second-tier lazy deal. Brian Cashman will pretend he's in on Bauer, won't make a serious effort. He'll pretend he's in on Stroman, won't make a serious effort. He'll bring Tanaka back at like, I don't know, $15 million a year, maybe a 230 type deal with a third-year team option. Who knows? Something along those lines. And that's what it will be. And Tanaka will add some veteran stability to a, lot, to a rotation that is losing Pack for what it's worth. And it's losing Paxton. And it would be losing Tanaka. So you'll have Cole. You'll still have Tanaka. You'll have Herman coming back. You'll have Severino at some point coming back. You've got Schmidt and Debbie there. This is a classic Cashman deal. And I think that it fits Tanaka's personality. So I'm in agreement with you again. I think Tanaka stays put. Yeah. So, number 12, another Yankee pitcher. This is James Paxton. James Paxton. Fuck him. Fuck him. All the talent talent in the world, you useless fuck. 
this is a guy who is AJ Burnett oh, part two in that. That's exactly who he is. Yes. He's gonna leave the Yankees and he's gonna do really well, so fuck him extra. He, yes, all around. This is AJ Burnett part two. It, he he comes up in a big game every so often and pitches his ass off. He's a complete mental head case. He is injury prone, and he's definitely leaving Yankees and doing better elsewhere. You got it from us, not on Dong City, but in baseball life, that Sonny Gray was going to leave the Yankees and do much better elsewhere. We're making the same promise here. Oh, you got that from Dong City because uh, we were both saying that shit. We, we pegged that one to a T. The fact, I think Sonny Gray shot himself in the foot by taking the, the deal he took with Cincinnati. I would have just signed a one-year deal. I believe he signed a three-year deal. Well, he got extended. Yeah. Grossly, grossly underpaid right now. So we're getting a lot of good Paxton movement here. Um, pretty boring with Tanaka. Not a lot of people have been going anywhere that's not the Yankees. Uh, we had a question from Jake Hibbert. We'll answer in a question. But Jake Moses has Paxton to the Mets. Interesting choice. They do need a veteran starter in my mind. Uh, Joey has Paxton to the Twins. Another interesting choice. They might have to replace with the reason. I disagree with Jacob. The Mets do not need another injury-riddled starter. That's the last thing they need. The injury-riddled part's a good part. They do need a guy like Paxton, but Paxton himself is not a good choice. Mets, stay away from this guy. He is not a big market guy. Dennis has Paxton to the Blue Jays. Again, the Blue Jays have that market. I can see it. Um, Does he want to stay in the division? He's got him in – yeah, Blue Jays. I don't – where do you have him going? I have him taking a one-year deal because of his age. I have him taking that deal with the White Sox, reestablishing his market. Watch him be really fucking healthy. Watch him have a hell of a year, and then watch him sign a four- to five-year deal after that. But I have him one-year deal to the White Sox. And I have that one-year deal at $15 million. Oh, I see on my notes I had White Sox one-year 15 reestablishes market or the Braves at three years 50 if they're willing to overpay. Which they're not because they're the Braves. So I like your White Sox I, I think White Sox one-year $15 million a season. So J- maybe, maybe 18 just to say it's the qualifying offer number. I'll answer Jake Hibbert's. And uh, question first with Monty into the rotation. Absolutely. I think Jordan Montgomery, just based on that Tampa playoff game, proved he's got the capacity to be a starter in this rotation. It was just a a slip. I didn't mention him, but that's another starter the Yankees can look at. He's a number four guy. Five, maybe. I give him more than that. I think he's three. Um, This will be a full season post-Tommy John, which is always better. He Um, should improve. Velocity ticks up, command tick gets better. Yeah, he, I like, I've always been a fan game. of. Him. I don't want to get through the playoff series. Mon- Monty's a field guy, I, and I like guys like that. I know we get enamored with with the you know the radar gun, and oh, he's, he's an Andy Pettit type. He's sure. a field pitcher. He knows how. If he doesn't have one pitch, he'll go to the other one. He's he's just uh, you know a boring pitcher, but a very effective pitcher. I like Monty, so yeah. Is Hibbert not how you pronounce Jake's last name? Uh, that's how I've always pronounced it. Is that I'm a rare breed and pronounce it? Did I not pronounce? Uh, Jake, tell me how to pronounce your last name. Um, I always thought it was Hibbert. I've always pronounced it as Hibbert. Yeah, I, I need clarity. This is very cryptic. I need clarification on that. But um, I, I am uh, with you on some of this. I think Peck, so Montgomery to me, number four starter on a championship team. But I do think he could be better than Tanaka next year. That's how far off I think Tanaka might be. 
Um, that's why Tanaka, I think you're looking at like 12 million, maybe um, 15 tops. Paxton, I like the range you're in. 15 minimum, uh, 20 maximum, one year deal sounds good. Maybe there's some incentives or something that triggers a second deal. Maybe there's a mutual option with a buyout. But I, all these people right here commenting, oh, all right, pivot is apparently what, what people heard. All these people commenting though, Melvin, you're right this time. I, this is what I've got. I have Paxton going to the Padres. It's a perfect fit to me. He's going to a pitcher's park. He's going to a contender. He's a veteran. They don't need him necessarily, but he would be a really good presence on that team. And most of all, he gets to reunite with his best buddy, Larry Rothschild, who I think is the biggest reason that he might not go back there. Um, but anyway, Paxton to the Padres, I think, is my pick. That's a really good place to rebuild your value. Jacob made mention of my shirt, so I got to give it a full boss. I got it, you know, me, me, me and Nipsey. Got, so anybody who knows me knows I love Nipsey, baby. So, oh, all right. Always right. It's hip. Who would ever pronounce his name Hybert? You know what this is, Jake? I grew up watching The Simpsons with Dr. Hibbert. So to me, there is no other options in here. Uh, yeah, I've always pronounced it Hibbert, so I'm glad we got it. Something else Don said he does correctly. We get yeah, anybody. Me. Right. I was like, you're not Hispanic, so I should be perfectly fine getting here. Yeah, you butcher those. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, then we move on to number 13. That is Liam Hendricks. So Hendricks leaving the A's, pretty good reliever. Um, he's not the type of dominant reliever who I think is going to set the world on fire in the market, but he is a guy who could be picked up probably in that nine to 12 million range per year. Maybe a two year deal is what I'm feeling. I've yeah. got him going to the Phillies. I think this is wow. the Yeah. Adding some bullpen depth there. So, Here's my notes. Liam Hendricks, gross overpaid by the Phillies, three years, $45 million. That's what I, I have. Yeah. I In think that's the sixth or seventh. We, al we almost matched on half of this list. That's pretty impressive. We did not compare notes before. Yeah, we did not. Um, but, yeah, I have the, the Phillies need to overpay for free agent uh, relievers, and this is going to be the big one for them, three at 45. Yeah, I, I could see an overpay for a third year with Hendricks. I don't actually know how old he is. I didn't do a lot of research into Hendricks, but that two to three year range sounds right. That nine to 12 million a year range sounds right. So if you want to talk me anywhere from 18 to uh, 36 a year, I'd believe anything in that ballpark. But um, and here yeah. the, the, the next two guys have no, oh, Hendricks is damn. He's He'll be 32 years old in uh Oh, he's not going to have third year so. then. Uh, two years, two years and tw 11 a year. I'll say 222 for Hendricks. Melvin Cubs were my runner up for Hendricks. I don't want to, I know that it's been two years since they signed anyone of relevance whatsoever. They'll probably sign someone this winter, but I, I have them as the bridesmaid a lot here. I'm sticking with my number three at 45. I think uh, relievers continue to get overpaid. Um, if there's a guy who needs to overuse his relief pitchers, it's Joe Girardi. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, perfect fit there. Next two guys, kind of a clown show. Feel free again to add in your own, your own selection. Yeah, like I said, this is where these two guys, I'm like, get the fuck out of here. They don't belong on this list. But we'll entertain it since they were on the list. <laughs> Number 14. Jackie Bradley Jr., who to me Bum. is probably not even in my top 20. He's ranked there, yeah. I mean, if you um, if you were looking for a two twenty hitting defensive um, specialist, Jackie Bradley Jr. is your guy, and you can get him before he turns thirty two. That's the selling point on Jackie Bradley Jr. 
Uh, Rob immediately chimes in with Blue Jays. That's an interesting pick. Uh, Rob, we're not so far out geographically. Oh, we're kind of far out. I have him going to the Nationals, and I have it for this reason. I think if you – Where is he going to play? I think that you can either move him into a corner to spend his 30s, or you move Robles, and you could have a lethal outfield defensively. You are not moving. I am not moving Victor Robles for anybody in baseball. Then I'm putting JBJ on the side. Soto can't play. So that I think you put those two guys out there. It does two things. One is it makes Soto's defensive liabilities minimal because you got two of the best outfielders possible in the rest of his outfield. Um, two. This is a guy who fits that Nationals profile with speed and everything else. So I think that you get JBJ. He shouldn't cost very much. I think that market's always been overblown. You might get him for $9 million a year, even though he just made $9 million in, in our He's so much of a bum, he's not worth my feedback protector on my microphone. Right? He's a bum. <laughs> with that said, I have him going to a bum-ass franchise and replacing George Springer in center field. He goes to the Astros. Two years, $20 million. That's not a – you know what's funny about this is my first thought when I was first trying to – because I, I see Jackie Bradley Jr.'s name, and my first reaction is, who gives a shit? I don't give a I – I couldn't care less where Jackie Bradley – at one point, Red Sox fans were so delusional, they thought they could get Jose Abreu for Jackie Bradley Jr. That was like a thing at one point. Jackie Bradley Jr. is a Juan Ligaris who doesn't blow out his legs. That's it. I, so, think, I think Ligaris is better than Jackie Bradley. <laughs> if he's on the field. So, to me, JBJ is at one good offseason. Um, but it's funny you mentioned the Astros because I had him originally going to the Rays, but he was so useless, I actually couldn't yeah. find a reason for the Rays to add him. But he's that type of guy where an analytics team might take a flyer on him for his defense. Maybe they could correct the swing a little bit. So, Astros, not a bad guess. But I've still got him going to the Nationals. I think he just fits the profile there better. He's not even worth Brett Gardner money. He's a bum. No, he's at nine million a year. I'm telling you, uh, I think maybe even like seven, but I think that seven to nine range, a couple of years. That's all you're going to see from him. On to our last one. Speaking of bums, uh, first of it, all, Leon said, "Leon, the best Nationals fan out there says, give him to me.' Fuck out of here. Exactly. <laughs> Leon doesn't want his bum ass." <laughs> Leon mentioned like other like the Nationals getting competent free agents earlier in the show, and I just kind of laughed on the inside. I was like, "Wait until you." I, I have someone getting him. I have Nationals getting someone. It is Jackie Bradley Jr. Taewon Walker. Just hold. Keep the sign up. Taewon Walker. <laughs> Another bum. <laughs> Went where careers go to die, and his career still died. That was with the Mariners. Uh, now he's a free agent. This was a hot commodity like two years ago, but he's completely it's fallen off. On the trade market and the free around. agent market. Yeah. He was yeah. he was hot in the free agent and the trade market. Yeah. Uh, now he's just cold. I, Chris, if you're still watching, <laughs> this is where the Giants come in. I have him going to the San Francisco Giants. It just seems like the Giants always need pitching, right? Ever since their World Series run, they just had like nothing on the in the way of pitching. They were mostly young guys, um, but the Giants also never know when to rebuild and just cut bait and start all the way over. This is a perfect guy for me. They'll get him on a short deal, probably a COVID-induced short deal, low low amount. He'll be a veteran presence there. He has to recoup some value in that giant ballpark. No pun intended. 
Um, I see him going just into nothingness. Like that's what I've got. I think he's a stay out West where no one watches baseball and he's going to go to the San Francisco Giants while they suck. I have him going to the Toledo Mudhens. <laughs> you don't think he has a major league deal? No, no, he's going to get a major league deal. I actually, so Taiwan Walker, man, he's a guy with a lot of stuff, a big ceiling. He's always had that, that he's that guy that if he always, if he puts it together, there's that thing. There's certain players that coaches look at him and say, if I can get my hands on him, I can get, you know, I can extrapolate all those things. And I think he's one of those guys. I think he goes to Philly. I have him going to Philly two years, 18 million, 9 million a year is worth a flyer on a guy like him. So I'll say Philly. It's not, it's not bad. <laughs> and he's not going to, he's not getting, yeah, he, he's not getting earth shattering. Um, you know, I, I, 9 million a season no, for two he's years. He, he's, he's worth not. it. You know? Yeah, I to me the Phillies are even a little too uh, high class for a guy like. A little disappointed. I, I was a little disappointed. I thought these guys would give us some some names that they want to see us predict where they go. They don't. So. Yeah, you're running out of time too. We got to cut that. I have a hard out at eight twenty five. Um, so anyways, you got yeah. a hard on at you got a hard on at eight twenty five. Hard out, hard out at eight twenty five. Oh, hard out. Whoa, 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 yeah. whoa. I, City I, I thought you was taking Dong City to a whole nother level, baby. <laughs> it's, um, well, I mean, now that I talked about Jackie Bradley Jr.'s free agency, like who knows what to expect under this desk right here. Uh, Rob's got Taewon Walker going to the Rangers. That's another. <laughs> I just look at the Rangers. Where, like, they had Bartolo Colon. Now you, they had Lance Lynch, fat ass. Now you got Taewon. Like that would be a good fit. That's not a bad guess, Rob. Yeah, so, I can see it. Yeah, that's our that's our top fifteen. Chases uh, <laughs> Giants, Yamiori Giants. Um, that's right. MLB trade rumors did have an Asian import who I have not actually researched on their list. I don't remember who that I, is. I did see that, but I do not know much about him, and I don't want to pretend that I do. So sight unseen. I know nothing about his scouting report. I know nothing about him except he's a pitcher. Toronto Blue Jays. That's the guy the Toronto Blue Jays might go after. Okay. Um, we did get Asian population. Two, we did get two awards announced today. We have the AL Rookie of the Year and the NL Rookie of the Year. The NL Rookie of the Year surprised the hell out of me. It went to Devin well, uh, Devin Williams. I was going to say Devin Walker. Devin Williams um, shocked me because he's a middle reliever, and you don't really get that. I I thought a guy who played less would would get it, which is uh Cabrian Harris, uh, Cabrian Hayes. You know, for Pittsburgh, I thought you were going to have that Gary Sanchez kind of thing where he didn't play enough, but that kid went off. And like I said, they got it right in the AL, baby. Kyle Lewis. Kyle Lewis is that man. While everyone talked about Luis Robert and everyone else, Kyle Lewis was that man, and they awarded him, and it was unanimous. So I'm with that. Uh, love the Kyle Lewis pick. That dude was consistent. He was on a dog shit team in a in a pitcher's park, and he still put up consistent numbers. Mm-hmm. Great defensively. Uh, totally deserved it. I know Robero was the uh, you know the sexy pick all year long, but honestly, Kyle Lewis deserved it. First Mariner Rookie of the Year hat tip Rob since Ichiro, uh, which means that the Mariners will not make the playoffs for the duration of his career, and. Who would – here's the interesting thing. NL, I don't, I'm, I'm surprised only because he's a middle reliever. 
but he had an, I mean, a season that will never be duplicated. Maybe um, he was so ridiculous. Who would be your second pick in the NL? I saw a lot of Jay Cronenworth. Jay Cronenworth was good. Mm-hmm. Tony, you could have go with Tony Gonsolin. Uh, like I said, the, the year that Cabrian Hayes had with the Pirates, man, I, I really enjoyed that dude. You know, he only played 25 games, I think. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, Tony I mean, Gonsolin, you, you know, he, I get it. He was, you know, with a big market team and he's not among the stars with everyone else, but he just did just as good. You know, that swing and miss rate, you know, like Jake pointed out is crazy, but hey, it is what it is. We will find out the other awards as this week goes on. Uh, Preto from Cuba, Melvin brings up. Um, here's my only thought on that. I again, I haven't researched him yet. He won't go to no, the No, 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 yeah, no, 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 no. First of all, I'm pissed off at Cubans, especially Cubans in Florida. Y'all know why. You should be, yeah. I am too. <laughs> okay. not, you're not allowed on my team. You, you didn't vote right. Listen to me. The Hispanics? in Arizona are better than the Hispanics in Florida right now. And they, and they proved that last Tuesday. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Mexicans. Yeah, number two. Yeah. I'm not letting you get away with that. It's Prieto. 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 At least I can roll my R's. I give it to you, but yeah, you're so not going think, with Prieto. I just don't know when to apply them because I haven't taken Spanish since I was 14. Um, yeah, but right now, I'm Florida Latino. Now, so I get, I'm going to South Florida for Thanksgiving. They yell at Cubans as I walk around on the street. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? C- um, Cubans are on my shit list, man. Yeah. So, anyway, those are your top 15 free agents. That is uh, – <laughs> that was our rant on Cubans. Next week uh, – so, thanks. Oh, actually, a few announcements first. One is the baseball riddle that I had earlier in the day. I will go through that really quickly in case you didn't see the answer. Jeff Press actually did get it right, whether he cheated or not. I think he actually legitimately had heard it previously. Um, He no, he said that shit down to everything that happened. happened. There's no. What what kills me is my man wrote, "Oh, this is easy. Get the fuck out of here." That's the part (laughs) that I laughed at. Um, So this this riddle, which to remind you was. And this happened in 1890, <laughs> for starters. Three triples, one double, two singles in one half inning. No runs scored. How is it possible? The correct answer was the leadoff hitter hit a triple. The next batter, there was a wild pitch. That guy was thrown out at home. So it's one out, one triple. The next batter hit a triple, tried to stretch it into an inside-the-park home run, was thrown out at home. So it's two outs, two triples. The next batter hits a triple. That's the third triple. Stays on third. The next batter hits a – or he bunts, and he bunts down the third base line, and it just keeps rolling. So the runner on third can't advance, but the batter actually gets to second for an infield bunt double. So there's your double. Now we have two singles left, runners on second and third. The next batter also bunts. This is some Mike Social 1890s shit. And it also <laughs> goes down the third baseline. Runner on third and second still can't advance. It ends up staying fair. That runner reaches on an infield on a bunt single. So now you have bases loaded. You have three triples, a double, two, and one single. You have one more single left. The next batter rips one into right field. It actually clips the runner on first and goes into right field. So the ruling on that is that it's credited with a single, but the run doesn't score because the runner's out on first going to second. 
So that is how you get it. So no runs scored, but you had three triples, a double, and two singles. And someone had the nerve to say, oh, it's easy. Here's the answer. Fuck out of here. Yeah. No one's coming up with that. Unless I did. Uh, now, I did say I did know the answer only because Tim Kirchin did mention it um, a couple seasons ago on Baseball Tonight. You know, he has like the weird things that happen in baseball, and he had brought that up. That was the only reason I knew it. Um, for anyone to say that that was an easy answer or they knew it, they're full of shit. Yeah. Now I will say I know Jeff personally, so I don't think he was purposely being deceitful. I think just his wording was he's actually heard it before and was just regurgitating. Um, by the way, Cubs fans, Braves fans, Mets fans, and Twins fans, and Yankees fans, I have now heard that that's the 2020 version of that team when I described that riddle. So Five different fan bases claiming how incompetent their offense is. Um, <laughs> our last thing, Secret Santa. Yes. Joey, we mentioned we would uh, mention him again. Joey and Tara, who run Secret Santa every year, they have opened it up this year. Now, obviously, if you're watching this show, you very likely are a participant in baseball life and therefore eligible to be in it. We had a few people right. get burned last year. So if you are a fly-by-night guy who only responds to political posts with anger, you're probably not qualified. And if you're someone post. who comes out of the woodwork because you want to get a gift, you're also not qualified. But everyone else, please feel free to participate. We're not – you don't have to go crazy with a gift. Um, you know, whatever you can afford. We actually, we actually have a gift committee. Yeah. Um, it is Leon. It is Jacob. It is Joey. And it is myself. And we will go through the participants and we will decide who is able to participate and who is not. And most of that will come based on your participation in the group in the last year, because unfairly a few people got shafted last year and kudos to Joey and, and some other folks that they were able to get together and make sure that the people who needed to get gifts got gifts. And um, so, you know, this will be our fourth year doing it. Yeah. Our fourth year doing it. So yeah. I want to make sure that, uh, you know, this is run smoothly and Joey has done a hell of a job every single year doing this. So, you know, we're going to be a little more strict with who can participate and we may even, we may even have to, you know, place a cap on it. So. Yeah. And, and their job is, is hard enough. If you've ever had to wrangle yeah. that many people into getting home addresses via the internet and hat sizes and shirt sizes and team preferences, it's a lot of yeah. work. We don't want to make their lives harder. They do a great job every year. This is where they really shine. Um, that's it. So if you're interested, please go respond. Joey has a post um, and we can get that going. Now, as yeah, this is something that we do every year. And, you know, our small group has kind of blossomed into a pretty big group. <laughs> yeah. But our core members are who our core members are. And we want to keep that familial setting that we have. We are very strict with who we let into this baseball family. So we want to make sure that nothing uh, dubious happens. So. Right. So some other announcements for the first time in eight months. We will not be on next Monday. <laughs> so we're, we're moving into break. our off-season schedule. We're going to try and do this bi-weekly um, just so we can let some baseball news collect every other week. We're doing baby daddy schedule. Yep. We'll have some <laughs> every other, <laughs> every other um, weekend. <laughs> theme shows throughout the winter. We'll also have some stuff, free agent landings, analysis, uh, current events, that type of stuff as well. Um, but we will not be on next week. I will be on vacation anyway. Uh, the week after that, Henry, you should be on. We'll see, we'll see how it goes. Um, but I will still not be here. So I'll be back probably in like a month. 
my longest, I'll just probably practice in the mirror for the next months because I'll miss it so much. No, uh, I'll be on and then we'll have some topics and, you know, yeah, we'll, so we'll, we'll find a way to get through. We'll be back two weeks from now, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Of course, we'll have a post letting you know as we get close to that. As always, tomorrow, the... Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I wanted to plug Melvin. Melvin has been keeping us updated with the Winter Leagues and we'll continue to do so with the Caribbean World Series. So be sure to check his posts on keeping us updated. Thanks for reminding us. Um, Melvin, Winter Leagues do start next week. Definitely uh, something to follow in the offseason for sure is Melvin's posts. And he did a great job with the brackets as well. So... um, Tomorrow, the Audible, you're into football, Tuesdays, 7 p.m. So tomorrow, 7 p.m., Randy Hammond, Matt Bushnell. I'm sure they'll have all of the great highlights from this Patriots-Jets game tonight. I mean, that game should just be a slobber knocker if I've ever seen one. So be sure wait, 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 wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man, Monday Night Football knows how to pick them instead of watching Donk City. That's all I have to say. It's bad yeah. enough we had that Thursday night matchup. Now we have to suffer through this. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, total bases Sunday. They just had their prediction show or uh, their award ceremony show yesterday. Make sure you go back and watch that. Total bases Sunday mornings. Felipe Malicio and Sean Flannery. Didn't call him Sean Connery this time. Rip Sean Connery. Um, two weeks from now, Donk City, seven p.m. This has been Donk City. Everyone have a great night. Donk City, bitches.